So I'm going to start off this episode by saying we may or may not have been drinking. <laughs> and this could be really weird. <laughs> so welcome back. <laughs> this is Idgits and Ass Butts. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> okay. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we're talking about season three, episode 13, called Ghost Facers. I'm just going to say, <laughs> this is in my top 10 episodes. I do like the Ghost Facers. Here's the thing a lot of people really don't like them. I don't get it. They're hilarious. I think a lot of people, from what I've seen, because I'm in a couple different like fan pages or whatever on Facebook, and I think a lot of people. Um, they don't like them. From what I understand of it, they don't like them because they're like, oh, they're trying to, like, take over Sam and Dean's job and they're not good at it. Like, that's the whole funny part about it. Like, exactly. And, you don't and take really, them seriously, you know? Really, they make fun of, like, the ghost hunting shows on, like, sci-fi and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, they're being a parody of ghost hunters and ghost yeah. adventures and it's supposed to be all of those like reality shows. Not exactly. like, I think people take it too seriously. They're like, oh, they actually, I don't know. Like, I, they, I think they just take it way too seriously. Yeah. It's like, it's supposed to be stupid episodes. Exactly. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. And you're supposed to make fun of them. Like, uh-huh. yeah. That's, well, it's like, that's their purpose is to be made fun of. <laughs> and also, like, the way that... You get to see the way that they see Sam and Dean, which is completely different than from how we see Sam and Dean. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Yeah. The whole good. thing is fucking hilarious, you guys. Yeah. What's the matter with you? They're so, like, they've got such, like, dorky humor that it's yeah. just kind of great. And, like, to me, the things that people say when they're trying to be serious but end up being, like, really funny are way more hilarious than, like, people actually trying to be funny. Right. Right. You know, they're just like, this is how it is. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I have a soft spot for these guys just because I used to ghost hunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this is pretty much what it was like. <laughs> Minus the equipment. Yeah. We didn't have that equipment. We didn't have any EVP or EMF. Um, but we had cameras and yeah. recording equipment. And we didn't have, like, computers and, no you know. smartphones. Yeah. Well, definitely no smartphones back then. Jeez. We had lots of alcohol and marijuana. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's it. There's definitely a lack of equipment and a addition of yeah. <laughs> other stuff from what I've heard. So. Yeah. All right. So um, before I get started... This was a really hard episode to take notes on just because of the the format of it. You know, yeah. it, it it's like you're watching an episode of Ghost Hunters basically. You know, it's it's like yeah. set up as a reality show, as a recording that we're watching. Mm-hmm. So it was a little difficult. I hope that it's cohesive enough. But I'll, I'll <laughs> I think it'll be fine. All right. So we start out with Harry Spangler and Ed Zedmore, who are the two amateur ghost hunters from the episode called Hell House. Um, they're looking directly at the camera, so we can assume they're recording this. Harry is running his finger along the rim of a wine glass, and they're dressed up in suits. Harry says, hello, I'm Harry Spangler. Ed says, and I'm Ed Zedmore. Now, if you receive this tape, you must be some sort of bigwig network executive. <laughs> well, today is your lucky day, mister. Harry says, because the unsolicited pilot you are about to watch is the bold new future of reality TV. Ed says, we know you've had it hard during the crippling writer's strike. Harry says, lazy fat cats. Ed says, who needs writers when you've got guys like us? 
Our team faced horrible horrors to bring you the footage that will change your world forever. At this point, Harry turns down the lights with a dimmer, and Ed picks up a skull. Ed says, so strap in for the scariest hour in the history of television. It's so stupid. Harry says, in the history of your life. Ed says, strap in for... Then they both say together, ghost facers. Mm -hmm. Then we get a theme song while we get flashes of the footage to come. We also get introduced to the other members of the ghost facers. There's Spruce, Maggie, and Corbett. The theme song goes, (laughs) ghost, ghost facers. We face the ghosts when the others will not. We're ghosts. Ghost facers. Stay in the kitchen when the kitchen gets hot. Ghost. Ghost facers. We face the nightmare. We face the dread. Ghost. Ghost facers. We face the faceless. We face the dead. <laughs> and then it just goes on in that theme. So um, when their show, or then their show, their show starts um, with Ed and Harry getting out of their car with Ghost Facers briefcases. They start walking very slowly because they're trying to look cool. We cut to Ed and Harry sitting on a bench with Ed saying, you know, it can get kind of hard balancing our daytime careers with our nighttime missions. Let's be real. It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Harry says, yeah, but Ed and I pretty much call the shots at Kinko's where we work. So we can pretty much get off by 6 p.m. every night. Ed said, it used to be just, you know, you and I taking the cases, just Harry and me. Harry says, two lone wolves. Ed says, and two lone wolves need uh, other wolves. (laughs) So we cut to a black screen that says, phase one, the homework. We're in Ed's garage. Harry says, good morning, ghost facers. Spruce says, it's 7 p.m., dude. Harry says, it's morning to a ghost facer. Ed says, Corbett, what do we got, buddy? Corbett says, oh, I'm just putting up some of the... Ed interrupts him and shows him where he wants all the pictures that Corbett is taping to a whiteboard. We cut to a Corbett interview. Uh, While he's talking, the screen says, Alan Corbett, intern, cook. Corbett says, I first saw Ed putting up flyers down at the outlet mall in Skogan. So I read one and thought to myself, huh, where do ghosts come from? (laughs) And now here I am. He is unpacking groceries this whole time and he pulls out some French vanilla instant coffee. (laughs) We cut to Maggie fake punching Harry. Harry says, ow, Ed, your sister's abusing staff. Ed says, that's adopted sister. Thank you very much. (laughs) Maggie looks at Ed like that. He's not even going to claim her. (laughs) I know. It's so rude. Yeah, Maggie looks at Ed like that comment hurt her feelings. So we cut to a Maggie interview. While she's talking, the screen says, Maggie Zedmore, research, uh, research team adopted. She said, Ed's been obsessed with the supernatural since we were kids, you know. And then he meets Harry at computer camp and love at first geek. We cut to a Spruce interview. He's the main cameraman. He says, Spruce here. What up, player? (laughs) So not cool. (laughs) As he's talking, the screen says, Kenny Spruce, camera, licensed shaman, uh, shamanologist, sorry, 116th Cherokee. Spruce says, I am 1516th Jew, 116th Cherokee. My grandfather is a Mohel. A Mohel? Mohel? That's M-O-H-E-L. What is that? M-O... 
H-E-L. H-E-L. I don't know. Okay. He says, my great-grandfather was a talus maker, and my great-great-grandfather was a degenerate gambler and had a peyote addiction. <laughs> we cut to the garage. Uh, Ed says, okay, people, let's cut the chatter and get on a mission. Okay, Morton House, one of our big fish. The screen says, Ghostfacers HQ, 7.15 p.m., research briefing. It says, all right, we all know the legend. Every four years, supposedly, this becomes the most haunted place in America. Harry says, the leap year ghost, some call it. The ghost returns at midnight, just as February 29th begins. Maggie says, and no one has ever stayed the night, right? Harry says, yeah, well, every testimony that we dug up, every eyewitness has cut and run well before midnight. Ed says, well, that's all about to change, baby. Harry says, absolutely true. Ed takes a drink out of a mug that Corbett hands him and says, mmm, that's good. Corbett says, it's French vanilla, because the other day you said how much you liked it, so... Ed says, thank you. Corbett says, you are welcome. So we cut to a Harry interview. Uh, He's in his car, and his car seats are zebra print. I just thought that was a little tidbit. (laughs) I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah, Harry says, I like Corbett. I do. Shows up early, does his job. Lots of good hustle out there. Just then Corbett comes up to the window and starts waving and giving a thumbs up. He finally leaves and Harry says, I think he's got the hots for Ed. And that could spell trouble for the whole team. (laughs) So we cut to a Corbett interview. He says, Ed's kind of the more rugged with that really golden, beautiful sort of beard. Definitely nice. And uh, Harry's nice. Just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> we cut back to the garage. As said, Ed says, 29th is this Friday, Facers. We want this mission. We got to move on it now, or guess what? He's gone for another four years. Then the garage door starts opening, ruining their whiteboard presentation. It's Ed's dad trying to park in the garage. Ed says, Dad, I told you we were going to have the garage right now. Harry says, Let's just cut the cameras. We don't need this part. Then the screen goes black and says, Phase two, infiltration. We see them all running up to a gate surrounding the Morton house. I wrote the moron house. <laughs> That's great. But, uh, the moron. I mean, mor- really, though. Uh, it, for real. It works. Yeah. <laughs> so Ed whispers, stay low. Follow formation. Okay, as suspected, a lot of people have tried to break into the Morton house. The local authorities have just gotten fed up. Harry says, it looks like the cops have got this place pretty well fenced off. So they pull out some metal cutters. Um, I can't remember what those are called. The, like the metal shears to cut through metal. Bolt cutters? I guess. Maybe. That sounds right. Maggie says, wait, didn't you guys get like a permit or something? Harry says, a permit? That's a good idea for next time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we hear, yeah, then we hear a loud car approaching and they all fumble to turn their flashlights off. The car slows down as it drives by and it's Sam and Dean and Baby. Hey. <laughs> Harry says, it's okay. It's not cops, just hicks. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious because they're playing. Oh, what was the song? I can't um, remember the song. It was. Uh, oh crap! I just listened to this earlier. I can't remember. American something. American. I don't remember. Oh, really. that's gonna drive me nuts. But anyways, I just thought it was kind of. I was like, hmm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they cut their way through the fence and go into the house. Harry says, "All right, ghost spacers, line up, everybody." Ed says, we'll set up camp right here. This is command center one. Harry says, we'll call this the eagle's nest. 
<laughs> so they set up all their equipment and monitors in the main room. Maggie and Spruce, uh, Corbett, Maggie and Spruce are setting up cameras around the house. Corbett says, hallway camera, one, up and running. Ed says, looking good, Corbett. Corbett says, copy that, Ed. Ed says, uh, you're welcome. All right, Spruce, how are we doing? Spruce says, checking basement cameras to Mindfuhrer. I can't say that right. Mindfuhrer. Fuhrer. Fuhrer. I can't say it right. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Ed says, Maggie, I got no visual on you. She says, this is Maggie. Do you copy? Ed says, there you are. Hello. Harry, are you alive? Harry says, upstairs, Ed. Camera one. Ed says, looking good. I can smell syndication. All right, folks. Let's regroup at the Eagle's Nest. We cut to 10.40 p.m. Corbett's all decked out in camo gear with a camera headpiece on. Because what are you hiding from, dude? Like, I know. Who cares what you're wearing? Right. Ed says, all right, bring it in. We've all been here before. Standard walkthrough. Team one, west. Team two, east. Spin the tires, light the fires. Go spacers on three. So they all put a hand in the middle of the circle. And on three, they say, go spacers. <laughs> It reminds me of, like, one of those middle school sports teams when they get, like, super excited, but they're trying to be, like, dramatic about it. Like, look at us. Yeah. Ghost Facer. Yeah. I love it. 1,000%. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm totally okay with it. Yeah. Um, So the screen goes black and says, phase three, FaceTime. Morton House, 10.51 p.m., first floor. Team one, Ed and Corbett. Ed's also got a camera headset so we can see his face and what he's seeing. Um, I think I met Corbett right there. Corbett's got a, a face camera, like a camera that's solely on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got some handheld equipment with him. He shouts, hello, I'm speaking to the restless spirits of the Morton house. Hello, my name's Ed. Okay, so this is Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Corbett has the same thing, though. He's yeah. got the, the face camera and the camera so we can see what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, hello, my name is Ed. What's your name? Corbett says, is there an entity or entities here with us now? Can you give us a sign of your presence? Corbett is breathing really fast. So Ed says, you got to breathe, buddy. Corbett says, I can't breathe. Ed says, pull it together, buddy. Then they see some movement down the hall. Ed tells Corbett to switch to night vision. So he does. Ed says, calm down, buddy. Breathe. All right. Calm the whirlwinds of your mind. We cut to the second floor. (laughs) Team two, Harry, Spruce, and Maggie. Harry says, we're doing a basic EMF, EVP, temp, flex sweep. (laughs) Looks like we've got all our ducks in a row here. Then Spruce's camera starts to go a little wonky. Ed comes to a closed door, so he tries to kick it open. Spruce says, turn the knob. Maggie does exactly this. And after the door opens a little bit, Harry kicks it open more. I got that wrong again. (laughs) Um, Spruce camera starts to go a little wonky, and Harry comes to a closed door. So he tries to kick it open. Spruce says, turn the knob. Maggie does exactly this, and after the door opens a little bit, Harry kicks it open more. There's a dead rat on the floor, which makes Harry freak out and run down the hall. (laughs) Like, full-on screeching. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. So we cut to an interview with Harry. He says, I don't really like rats. They're gross. Rats are like the rats of the world. I mean, really, though. I know. (laughs) It could not be more accurate than that. (laughs) We cut back to the hallway. Harry comes back to the rat room, saying that there was some readings on his equipment, and Spruce throws the dead rat at him. Harry says, (laughs) oh, that is not funny, Spruce. We cut back to Ed and Corbett. Corbett is still breathing very fast. He's decided that what they saw was just a branch on a window. Ed says... 
That is spooky, man. Then there are two people down the hall, shining flashlights on them. One says, freeze, police officers, don't move. It's Sam and Dean. (laughs) Sam says, come on, let's see some ID. Corbett says, what, are we under arrest? Ed says, we are unarmed. Dean looks at Corbett's ID and says, you want to explain that weirdo outfit, Mr. Corbett? Then Ed says, whoa, hey, I know you. Dean says, yeah, sure you do. Give me some identification. (laughs) Ed says, well, hold on a second. I know the both of you guys. Yeah. Then Sam says, holy bleep. (laughs) He got to swear. There's a lot of swearing in this. And it's because we're watching a recording of this. Mm -hmm. It's all bleeped out. It's very funny. I think it's hilarious because, like, this, I, to me, this episode is, like, true supernatural, you right. know, where, yeah. like, the version that we get, like, the normal version is, you know, they try and, like, censor themselves, or they'll say stuff every once in a while, but it's not, like, anything terrible. Yeah. Where, like, with this episode, it's definitely, like, they're just going for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm seeing your real, your true colors now. Right, you know? exactly, <laughs> exactly. So Sam says, holy bleep. The screen shows a skull over Sam's mouth and beeps out a swear word. Uh, Dean's like, what? Sam says, oh, West Texas, the tulpa we had to take out. Those two goofballs that almost got us killed. The hellhounds or something? Dean says, bleep me. (laughs) Ed says, yeah, we're not the hellhounds anymore, okay? It didn't test that well. Corbett says, Ed, what's going on? Ed says, they're not really cops, buddy. No, not at all. Dean says, Ed, you had a partner, too, didn't you? A different guy? Is he around here somewhere? Ed says, yeah, he's running around chasing ghosts. Dean says, okay, well, listen, you and Rambo need to get your girlfriends and get out of here. Ed chuckles and says, all right, listen here, chisel chest. Which I'm, I giggled so much. Okay, so let me just say this. I was watching this while I was at work, like not while I was clocked in or anything, but like after work, I was like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, just watch this episode real quick because it's downloaded to my phone. Um. And so <laughs> I'm watching it in this because I was like, <laughs> and I'm sure I sounded ridiculous to anybody walking by in the hallway because like, you know, you're in a spa and all of a sudden from one of the rooms, you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chisel chest is just perfect, though. It I love is. it. <sighs> okay. Ed chuckles and says, all right, listen here, Chisel chest. Okay, we were here first. We've already set up base camp. We beat you. Dean turns to Sam and said, they were here first. Then Dean slams Ed against the wall and says, Ed, where's your partner? We cut to the second floor bedroom, team two, Harry, Spruce, and Maggie. Harry says, the EMF EMF is really spiking here, guys. Maggie says, temperature's down like 11 degrees. Harry says, all right, keep your eyes peeled. This could be it. Then Spruce's video goes a little wonky. Spruce says, something keeps messing up with the chip. I don't know what's going on here. Then a ghost flickers into the room. It's an old-fashioned dressed guy. The ghost says, look, buddy, I'm sorry. That's it. I'm telling you, that's all the money. Then he gets shot a bunch of times and flickers out. We see Maggie clutching onto Harry's arm. I would just like to say that that ghost, so I've been watching Outlander. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I binged it. It's bad. It's Anyways, good. I mean, it's really good, but, like, it, it's bad that I binged it all in the no, it's time not. that I did it. That's totally But um, that first guy reminds me of one of, um, so for the people that, wa- that have watched Outlander, it reminds me of Frank slash um, John Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like his the coloring looked similar enough and like kind of the style it was like oh it's frank but yeah. it, it wasn't i'm sure yeah that's cool <laughs> but anyways 
So we cut back to Sam and Dean. Dean says, what are you doing at the Morton house, Ed? Huh? On leap year? What are you thinking? Ed says, we're here to spend the night, okay? It's for our TV show. Sam says, what? Great. <laughs> Perfect. No goody. Corbett <laughs> says, yeah, no one's ever spent the night before. Dean says, uh, actually, yeah, they have. Ed says, we've never heard of them. Dean says, yeah, you know why? Because the ones that haven't, the ones that have, haven't lived to talk about it. Ed laughs and says, ah, oh, come on. I don't believe you. Sam pulls some papers out of his backpack and says, look, missing persons reports going back almost a half a century. John Graham stayed on a dare. Gone. Julie Wilkerson. Gone. There's a ton more. All of them came just to say the night through. Always on a leap year. And the only body they found was the last owner, Freeman Daggett. Ed looks at the papers and says, these look legit. Sam <laughs> says, they are legit. Look, Ed, we ain't got much time here, buddy. Starting at midnight, your friends are going to die. Just then Harry, Maggie, and Spruce run into the room, freaking out. Harry says, oh, my God, we got one. We saw one. It was a full-on <laughs> apparition. It was like class four. Then Harry notices Sam and Dean and says, hey, aren't you guys those bleeps from Texas? <laughs> Ed says, yes. <laughs> Dean says, all right, let's have this reunion across the street, guys. Harry says, crap, what are those guys doing here? Dean says, we'll get you some ice cream. Our treat. What do you say? Let's go. Maggie has been working on the camera footage on a computer and finds the recording of the ghost. She says, no, no, look at this. Honest to God proof. All right. They watch and Ed says, are you kidding me? Harry says, yeah, no, not kidding. Ed says, what kind of readings did we get? Harry says, it was a 10.9. It was almost 11. It came out and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> Maggie says, wait, watch this. And we see on the monitor, the ghosts get shot and then disappear. Spruce says, he got blasted. Sam and Dean walk a little ways away from the group to talk privately. Sam says, think we're off on this? That was just a death echo. Dean says, yeah, but what's it doing here? Did anyone get shot here? Sam says, no, not that I could find. Spruce says, what's a death echo? Sam says, we got a problem here and that ghost ain't it. <laughs> Spruce repeats, what's a death echo? Dean says, echoes are trapped in a loop, okay? They keep replaying how they died over and over again, usually in the place where they were ganked. It's about as dangerous as a scary movie. Sam says, maybe, maybe the echoes, not dangerous, but maybe something else is. Dean says, all right, we got to get out of here, guys. Come on, let's go. The boys start trying to get everyone out. Maggie says, what about all of our equipment? Harry says, we got more material. We got all kinds of stuff. We'll make you guys recurring guest stars. Like, come back in the morning. Get it then. <laughs> right. Everyone is talking at once, and Ed finally shouts, wait, where's Corbett? We cut to Corbett walking down a hallway alone. He says, I wish to communicate with the restless spirits here. His flashlight flickers are out, and he says, lights out. I think I got night vision here. We see through the camera pointing at his face that he has turned on night vision, and there's a ghost standing behind him. I would, <laughs> I would just like to point out that Corbett is a dumbass. <laughs> like, Corbett, he's so, like, earnest and sweet, though. I mean, I get it, but it's just like, dude, you know that sketchy stuff is going on. Yeah. Why would you wander off on your own? Yeah, exactly. I would never do that. <laughs> no. Honestly. I wouldn't be there to begin with, no, but I definitely I would. wouldn't wander off on my own. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to the command center. Everyone is still arguing. As says, no man left behind. Then they all hear Corbett screaming. Harry says, that was Corbett. Then all the ghost facers start running around the house yelling Corbett's name. Sam and Dean stay in the command center. Samuel's, guys, bleep. <laughs> we cut to Corbett's Aww. camera. <laughs> I know. Oh, F. <laughs> we cut to Corbett's camera. He is being dragged. 
He yells, let me go, guys. Then he screams for a good long while. The screen says, Morton House, 12 a.m. Everyone is back in the command center, and we can still hear Corbett screaming. Sam and Dean again try to get everyone out of the house. Dean yells into the camera, turn it off, and the screen goes staticky. We cut to 12.04 a.m. Everyone is still in the command center and saying, oh, God, what's happened? Oh, God, he's gone, just disappeared. Maggie and Harry are looking at the monitors. Harry says, okay, let's just go through all the angles. Let's go through all the cameras we have. Sam and Dean are at the front door trying to open it. Sam says, well, it's 12.04, Dean. You good? You happy? (laughs) Dean says, yeah, I am happy. Sam says, let's go hunt the Morton house, you said. It's our Grand Canyon. (laughs) Dean says, Sam, I don't want to hear this. Sam says, you got two months left, Dean. Instead, we're going to die tonight. Sam grabs a chair and slams it against the door, shattering the chair. Spruce says, whoa, what the hell is going on, guys? Sam says, I'll tell you what's going on. Every door, every window, I'm guessing every exit out of this house, they're all sealed. Maggie says, but why are they sealed? Dean says, it's a supernatural lockdown, okay? Whatever took Corbett doesn't want us to leave, and it's no death echo. This is a bad mother, and it wants us scared. Maggie says, or it just wants us. Then the screen starts to static and flicker. Spruce says, uh, guys, the camera's fritzing again. When the picture clears up, we can see that Maggie and Harry are holding hands. <laughs> um, I love Maggie. I do like Maggie. I just love her. And mm-hmm. I love that this thing that she's got going with Harry. <laughs> because if I had to pick a ghost facer to, like, hold hands with. <laughs> I love how your voice got all serious to, like, hold hands with. <laughs> it would probably be Harry and not Ed. Yeah, I, I don't know that. I, I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think that like Harry is smarter, but I think he's just he's he's kind of cute. Quite honestly, I wouldn't pick either of them. But like, neither one of them is my cup of tea by any stretch of the imagination. But if he had to pick one, honestly, I think Corbett's the cutest. Uh, yeah, I'd probably pick Corbett out of all of them. Okay, here's the thing. Hmm. Where's that actor from? Corbett? Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else. I swear I've seen him before. Oh, really? And I'm like, I like the whole time I was watching this episode, I'm like, I know him. I know I know him, but I don't know why. Oh, maybe it's just from this episode before, because it's not your first time watching it. No, like, I feel like I've seen him in a movie or something. Huh, I don't know. I'd love to know. I'd love to see him in something else. Yeah. Well, I am GBM. Yes. Um, okay, so we see that Maggie and Harry are holding hands. Harry says, whoa, the EMF is starting to spike. Everyone is all huddled huddled together. Sam says, everybody stay close. Something's coming. Then a ghost suddenly appears in the middle of the room. Dean says, guys, is this the same echo you saw earlier? Spruce says, no, it's a different guy. Dean says, multiple echoes. What the hell is going on? Sam says, beats me. So Dean goes over to the ghost and yells, hey, buddy. Hey, wake up. You're dead. Hello. Harry asks, yeah, Harry asks, what is he doing? Sam says, it's rare, but sometimes you can shock an echo out of its loop if you can talk to the part of the ghost that's still human. But usually you have to have some kind of connection to the deceased. Dean is still yelling at the echo. Then it stops flickering and becomes more solid. A bright light shines on the echo and we can hear a train approaching. Then the echo gets hit by the invisible ghost train. We cut to some time later. Dean says to Sam, dude, there's no records of any of this here. No one got shot here. Obviously no one got run over by a freaking train. (laughs) Sam he says, just sailed, too. I know. It was, <laughs> like, it was a weird goes. effect. <laughs> Sam says to the ghost spacers, stay close. Maggie asks, did the echoes take Corbett? 
Dean says, yes. No. We don't know. <laughs> What's doing what here? That's what we're trying to figure out, okay? Sam says again, stay close. Okay, look, death echoes are ghosts, okay? Now, ghosts usually haunt places where they lived or where they died. Dean says, except these mooks didn't live or die here. Maggie asks, so what are they doing here? Dean says, hey, give the lady a cigar. All right, seriously, does looking at this nightmare through that camera make you feel better or something? <laughs> the camera points at the floor while Maggie stops looking through it. Then we see Dean again, and Maggie says, well, yeah, yeah, I think so. I just love Maggie. <laughs> so they all go into a room with a bunch of animal heads mounted on the wall. Sam holds up a framed certificate and reads the name Freeman Daggett, the house's last owner, officially commended for 20 years of service at the Gamble General Hospital. Dean asks, is he a doctor? Sam says, janitor. Dean says, this looks like his den. When did you say he died? 64? Sam says, yeah, heart attack. Maggie finds a bunch of boxes and asks, what, uh, and asks, what are these, sea rations? Dean says, yeah, army issued, three squares, like a lifetime supply. Maggie says, God, is this all he ate? Dean says, one-stop shopping. Ed says, oh, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. I mean, how the hell is this supposed to find Corbett, huh? We should be digging up the freaking floorboards right now. Sam finds a pamphlet and says, huh, survival under atomic attack. An optimist. Which I think is great. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's an optimist. Yeah. Okay, he might actually think he's going to survive an atomic attack. Right. <laughs> uh, then Dean opens up a freezer and pulls out a box. It's full of papers and pamphlets. While he's looking through him, he asks, you said Daggett was a hospital janitor? Sam confirms this, and Dean says, ew, got three toe tags here. One, death by gunshots, train accident, and suicide. Sam says, ew. <laughs> Harry's like, what? And Sam says, well, that explains why all the death echoes are here. They're here because their bodies are here, somewhere in the house. Dean says, Daggett brought the remains home from the morgue to play. Harry and Ed together say, ew. <laughs> it took them a long time yeah. to get there, though. They are just like, I don't... I don't get it. it. Eh, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dean says, wait a minute. And we cut to Maggie alone in a room filming. She keeps freaking out when she sees a taxidermied bird and her own reflection in a mirror. Then Dean's there, and he says, closer to the herd, okay? <laughs> Harry runs in calling Maggie's name. Dean says, she's fine. Ed says, Harry, I got an 8.6 and climbing fast. Something huge is coming. Ed, looking at his EMF reader, says, it's past 11, guys. Dean says, nobody move. Hold on. Stay quiet. Then Sam disappears. His flashlight is on the floor. Dean yells, Sam! And they all start walking through the house, yelling Sam and Corbett's names. We see Maggie and Harry alone in a room. Spruce is filming them through some holes in the wall. <laughs> Maggie says... Super sketchy. I know, but I kind of love it. Yeah. Honestly, like, Spruce knows how to get the good footage. If, yeah. you, if you notice, he's the one getting yeah. all the candids of everybody, and he's, you know, eavesdropping he's on Sam and Dean. Yeah, more. he's eavesdropping yeah. on Sam and Dean, having private conversations, mm -hmm. and he just knows what's up. <laughs> so Maggie says, I am so scared. Harry says, it's going to be okay, Maggie. Then they start smooching. <laughs> What a random time to start making out with somebody. I disagree. Just like, ah, ah, I disagree. Ah, you're oh, you're oh. under stress. You're under some pretty heavy stress. You're not sure if you're going to live or die. I say, get it, girl. I see. Okay, so here's my thing. If I'm under that amount of stretch, I'd be like, don't touch me. Don't look at me. I need to figure, like, I'd be freaking out, you know, like. Not I me. Know. I would be huddled to the nearest person to me. Well, also that. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess as far as, like, I would want to be, like, in a group of people, but I wouldn't necessarily want to, like, having to be 
interacting with that people. I'd be uh, like, I'd want to be able to look around me. Like I'd want to be surrounded by people mm-hmm. so that nothing could get me from any direction. But also at the same time, I wouldn't want to necessarily be interacting with them because I'd be wanting to like pay attention to what's going mm-hmm. on around me. I think everybody reacts differently in that situation, I'm sure. Yeah. But I think that, like, Maggie and Harry probably have, have been having feelings for each other oh, sure, already. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure at some point they're, they've got high adrenaline going on. Mm-hmm. And they probably think they're going to die. They probably so. think they're going <laughs> to die. So let's make out a little bit. Yeah. You know? I, I got it. Yeah. I totally got it. Um, also, I'm just proud of her. <laughs> so um, then Ed sees them making out and shines his flashlight on them and they jump apart guiltily. Ed says, my best friend and my best sister. <laughs> Probably only sister also. Let's yeah. be real. My best sister. Oh. He says, Harry, are you banging my sister? <laughs> Harry says, no. Ed says to Spruce, hold my glasses. <laughs> then Ed attacks Harry, and they're, like, hug fighting. Like, they're terrible at it. Yeah. And I love that they're just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dean breaks him up and says, hey, what the bleep are you doing? Cut it out. We're down by two people. Dean walks away, yelling Sam's name, and Harry says to Ed, sorry. Ed goes over to Spruce for his glasses and asks, did he knock my tooth there? Spruce says, no. Harry says, I won though, right? <laughs> Spruce says, yep, you did. <laughs> Harry says, thanks, Bruce. Spruce says, yeah, it's my fault. Maggie says, that's real great. That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Corbett. We're seeing this through Corbett's cameras. Uh, Corbett is unconscious and Sam says his name until he wakes up. The song, It's My Party and I'll Cry If I Want To, is playing. They're sitting at a kitchen table decorated for a birthday party, and there are three corpses also sitting at the table. And, like, super dehydrated, too. Like, it looks like... They look old and mummified. Yeah. yeah. Like, not even, like... They look crispy. Yeah, not deteriorated. They're, like... That's... You know... Okay. (laughs) You know how when, like, you cook, like, chicken or something like that, and it, like, really dries out, and, like, the skin around it is, like... You know, and you can see it like it starts to like separate from the bone and you can see like the space between like oh yeah the the meat that's been all like dried and then the bone yeah that's kind of what it reminds me yeah i can totally see that (laughs) um sam says to corbett hey you got to keep listening to my voice okay they're both tied to chairs uh that they're sitting in sam says i'm right here stay awake Ghost Daggett says, don't listen. It stops hurting, so don't worry. Daggett picks up some kind of metal spike and goes behind Corbett, who starts whimpering. Sam says, stay with me. You got it? I'm right here. Stay with me. Don't. Don't. Then Daggett shoves the metal rod through the back of Corbett's Corbett's neck and out the front. Kind of slowly, though. Like, it he was wasn't, slow, it, and you yeah. could hear him, like, whimpering. And, you could hear the... Yeah, you know, like, yeah. Yuck. Corbett dies. Yeah. He didn't make it. (laughs) We cut back to the rest of the ghost facers. Dean is going through some papers in the den. He says, okay, so Daggett was a Cold War nut, okay? He was an amateur taxidermist. He liked to slow dance with cadavers. (laughs) And all he ate were sea rations. So what the hell are we looking for? Maggie says, horrible little life. Harry says, a lonely life. Dean says, a Cold War life. He was scared. Harry says, scared of what? Dean runs out of the room and they all follow. We cut back to Sam. He says, get away from me. Daggett says, this won't hurt. It's okay. Relax. Then he puts a party hat on Sam's head. <laughs> he looks 
so perturbed by it. Too. Yeah, he He's does. Just like, why? You? It's like, okay, you know, have you seen that video where somebody has like this pink flower or whatever, and they just like toss it on the cat's head, and the cat's like neck disappears, and they just kind of like shovel up. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah. that's kind of what it reminds <laughs> me. <of. laughs> we cut back to Dean and the gang. Dean says, "Guys like Daggett back then, the ones who were really scared of the Ruskies, Ruskies." The, what? Ru- the Russians. R- Ruskies? Ruskies, is that? I don't know. I don't know how you say I it. I don't remember. <laughs> but he means the Russians. Yeah. Um, they built bomb shelters, and I'm guessing he's got one. I bet you it's in the basement. So Dean and Spruce walk into the basement, and the door slams shut behind them. Spruce says, who closed the door? Dean says, it did. It wants to separate us. Ed, listen to me. There's some salt in my duffel. Make a circle and get inside. Ed looks confusedly at Harry. He asks, inside your duffel bag dean yells in the salt you idiot (laughs) and both of them are confused they're like like, he wants us to get inside the duffel bag what (laughs) i love that let's think about this for a second here (laughs) um so maggie harry and ed make a salt circle and get inside harry says guys i don't want to die okay to ed he says and i don't want you to die ed says harry listen listen to me okay if we don't die it's totally okay if you do my sister. <laughs> I've thought about it for a second. I know. Maggie smacks him and says, nice. <laughs> then all the equipment starts to static, so they all huddle together. Then Corbett's ghost echo is in the room with them, which is heartbreaking, I think. It's so sad. It's so sad. We cut back to Dean and Spruce. Spruce says, hey, can I ask you something? Earlier, you and Sam, he said you have two months left. Dean says, yeah, it's complicated. A while ago, Sam, no, no, no. I'm not going to whine about my bleep problems to some bleep reality <laughs> show. I'm going to do my bleep job. Spruce asks, is it cancer? Dean says, shut up. <laughs> you hear that? And we can faintly hear that it's my party and I'll cry if I want to playing. We cut back to Sam. Daggett says, I've been waiting for some more friends. I get lonely. But you're coming to my party, aren't you? We cut back to Dean. Spruce says, is that music? Dean says, yeah, and it's coming from behind this wall. Dean moves a huge metal cabinet away from the wall, and there's a door behind it. Spruce says, wow, you're strong. Dean flips him off. I think that's so great. (laughs) Just like, you're strong. Screw you. Go away. Yeah, (laughs) totally. We cut back to Sam. Daggett says, you'll stay a good long time. Then Dean busts through the door and yells, Sam! He shoots Ghost Daggett with rock salt and then unties Sam. Spruce sees Corbett's body and says, oh no, Corbett. We cut to Ed, Harry, and Maggie still inside the salt circle. Ed says, oh no, what have we done? Harry says, Ed, Corbett's a death echo. He's reliving his own murder. Maggie says, over and over, forever. We cut back to Sam and Dean. Spruce says, okay, what's this this Daggett guy's problem anyway? Sam says, loneliness. Dean says, he's never heard of a real doll? Okay, I don't know what a real doll is, but I assume it's like a blow-up doll or like one of those life-size, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's what I assume That's what I'm guessing. I was going to look it up, and then I was like, I don't need that in my search history. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. not the best idea. (laughs) Um, Sam says, no, 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 Daggett was the Norman Bates stuff-your-mother kind of lonely. That's why he lifted the bodies from the morgue, threw himself a birthday party, except they were the only ones who would come. Anyway, so at midnight, he sealed them in the bomb shelter and went upstairs and OD'd on horse tranks. Dean asks, how do you know this? Sam says, because he told me. 
Dean says, oh. Okay, so now that he's dead, what? Same song, different verse? Trying to get people to come to his party? Sam says, pretty much. Yeah, stay forever. Spruce asks, are those real bullets? Dean says, no, it's rock salt. We cut back to Ed, Harry, and Maggie. Harry is singing the Ghost Facer song to comfort himself. <laughs> I love how they're all just like sitting in this salt circle, just like rocking, rocking back and, back forth. and <laughs> forth, looking totally traumatized. Um, then Corbett's echo appears again and says, "Wait, guys, it's Corbett. He's trapped. He's in a lot of pain. You know, we gotta try and pull him out of his loop. We have to." He walks out of the salt circle, circle, and says, "Corbett, it's me, Corbett. Listen to me. Okay, I'm not gonna hurt you. Listen." Then Corbett flickers, and Ed says to Harry. I can't, okay? He's not hearing me, okay? He won't stop dying. This is so sad. This is a... Like, I love this episode. I think Mm -hmm. it's hilarious. And I always forget how truly sad it is. Yeah. Ugh. Mm -hmm. We cut back to Sam and Dean. Dean is trying to break through the the basement door. Sam says to Spruce, Seriously, you're still shooting? (laughs) Dean says, It makes him feel better. Don't ask. (laughs) Then Spruce's camera starts to static. Spruce says, ah, hell, guys, get in your ghost roll thing. Something's coming. Then Daggett throws Spruce to the ground, and Sam Rocksalt shoots Daggett, who disappears. We cut back to Ed, Harry, to Ed and Harry. Corbett's echo is still there. Harry says, I know how we can get through to him. Ed, he had feelings for you. Ed's like, huh? Harry says, he wanted you. Ed says, wanted me to what? <laughs> Harry says, you know, and you know what you got to do. You can do it, Ed. You have always been the brave one. Yes, you can. You make us brave. (laughs) Maggie, right? Maggie says, yeah, you do. You totally do. Harry says, Ed, you got to go be gay for that poor dead intern. (laughs) You got to send him into the light. So Ed approaches Corbett and says, hey, Corbett. Hey, it's just Ed, buddy. It's just me. Hey, Corbett, listen to me. Okay, you meant a lot to the team. You meant a lot to me. A tear falls down Ed's face. Which is so sweet. It's so <laughs> sad. And says, you know, never back down. Never say a bad word, okay? I remember that, Corbett. I remember because I love you, Corbett. I really, truly love you. Do you remember that? Do you? Then Corbett looks at Ed and says, hey, Ed? Ed says, yeah. Yeah, Corbett, it's me. Look at me. You got to help us, man. Please. Please help us right now. We cut back to Sam and Dean. They ask Spruce if he's all right, but Daggett appears behind them and throws both of them to the ground. Daggett goes to Spruce, but suddenly Corbett is there. Daggett and Corbett fight, and then there's a bright light and then darkness. It's like a weird, like, light tornado. It was, yeah. The camera starts again, and Sam and Dean both get off the floor. Spruce asks them if they're okay, and Dean covers the camera with his hand. We cut to the morning. We see the ghost facers coming out of the house. It says, leap year, February 29th, the Morton House, a tragic day, a day of souls bound in torment, of lives held in cruel balance, but the ghost facers, they did the best they could. Harry says, we lost a beloved friend, but we gained new allies. When he says this, we see Sam give Ed their contact info. Ed says, we know this much, that every day, including today, is a new beginning. We cut back to Ed and Harry in their suits, sitting in chairs uh, from the beginning of the episode. Ed says, we learned more than we can say in the brutal feat of the Morton house. Harry says, the ghost facers were forced to face something far more scary than ghosts. They were forced to face themselves. Ed says, war changes man. Harry says, and Maggie. Ed says, war changes man and one woman. <laughs> <laughs> but you, only one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ed says, you know, Corbett, we just like to think that you're out there watching over us. Harry says, as far as we're concerned, you're not an intern anymore. You have more than earned full ghost facer status. Plus, it'd be cool to have a ghost on the team. Ed says, yeah, you know, and here we were thinking that, you know, we were teaching you. And all this time, you were teaching us about heart, about dedication, and about how gay love can pierce through the veil of death and save the day. <laughs> so, like, they are so yeah. random in all of this, and it's fantastic, it is, you know? <laughs> it is perfect. Ed says, thank you, Alan J. Corbett. Harry says, go well into that starry night, young Turk. Go well. I don't understand that. Is that a reference to It something? must be. I don't know what it's a reference to, though. I was going to look it up, but I didn't. Hey. I feel like it's like, to me, I'm like, this seems like it's like a Star Trek, maybe. I don't know. I don't know something. what Young Turk, I don't know what that's from. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, we cut to footage that Spruce took before they got to the Morton house. We see Corbett, who says, come on, Spruce, I got to get all this stuff packed up. Spruce says, so pack and talk. Corbett says, I don't know what to say. Spruce says, say what comes to mind. This is one of our confessional moments, Corbett, so confess. What do you think is going to happen tonight? What do you think is going to happen tonight on this trip? Corbett says, I think tonight, I really do. I think all our dreams are going to come true. Does that sound stupid? Spruce says, kind of does, yeah. <laughs> Corbett laughs and then shrugs. And then the video pauses on his face and then fades to black. The screen says, in memory of Alan J. Corbett, 1985 to 2008, King of the Impossible. Then the camera pans backwards, and we see that everything we just saw from the beginning of the episode was a video that the ghost faces are showing to Sam and Dean. Ed says, so guys, what do you think? Dean says, you know, I kind of think it was half awesome. <laughs> Maggie says, half awesome? That's full on good, right? I don't understand that reasoning. <laughs> half awesome is full on good. I mean, I think yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sam says, yeah, I mean, it's bizarre how you are all able to honor Corbett's memory while grossly exploiting the manner of his death. Well done. Dean says, yeah, that's a real tight rope you guys are walking. <laughs> the boys get up and start walking away. Ed says, no, that's reality, man. Yeah, Corbett gave his life searching for the truth, and it's our job over here to share it with the world. Sam says, right, well, our experience, you know what you get when you show the world the truth? Dean says, a straight jacket or a punch in the face. Sometimes both. <laughs> Harry says, oh, come on, guys. Don't be facer haters because we happen to have gotten the footage of a century. Dean says, you got us there. We'll see you guys around. Sam and Dean leave and Ed closes the door behind him. Harry says, dicks. Everyone <laughs> agrees. <laughs> Spruce says, start laying off some DVDs. Harry says, sounds like a good idea, Spruce. You know, guys, I think we're going to need a bigger office here, you know, because we're going to go national, and then it's going to go international. Ed holds up a bag and says, hey, Menudo left their dance bag behind. <laughs> What's inside, huh? He opens it and pulls out some kind of homemade device. All the computer screens start to flicker and go wonky. Spruce says, whoa, what the hell is this? I seem to be having some technical difficulty over here. Then a computer screen reads, no operating system found. We cut to Sam and Dean getting in baby. We hear Ed yelling, no, from inside the garage. <laughs> Sam says, we clean? Dean says, electromagnet wiped out every tape and hard drive they have. Sam says, world just isn't ready for the ghost facers. <laughs> Dean says, that's too bad. I kind of like the show. Sam laughs and says, had its moments. They drive away. And credits. <laughs> okay, do I have some thoughts? Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So, okay, I looked up to see who um, 
Corbett was? Because I was like, I know this guy. I've seen this guy before. So have you ever seen Schitt's Creek? Oh, no, I haven't. But my dad loves that show and says I should watch it. So he's on that. Okay. He was on, like, Beverly Hills 90210, Like I guess. the new one? I don't. Has to be the new one. He's probably, too, yeah. way too young to be on the old one. Yeah, so probably the new one. Um, but he's Ted from Schitt's Creek. Okay, I'm going to watch that show. Which is, so from what I'm remembering, it is the sister, so there's like the family that moves to Schitt's Creek, and there's the brother and sister, and it's the sister's like boyfriend or something, and I think he's like the vet in town. Okay. So that's who he plays. Okay. Um... I thought it was kind of funny how they're like, yeah, it's those bleeps from Texas. <laughs> like, I loved the bleeping. Yeah, it was it was great. I did love the bleeping. But I thought it was great that they're like, oh, they're from Texas. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so during part of the episode, the Ghost Facers, they had this little, like, chant that they did to, like, pump themselves up or whatever. And they had, like, little hand motions, like... We need to come up with something like that. <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't remember them doing that. It was like a little tiny part of it. wasn't like big. Okay. Well, um, I still want to see it. Yeah. I, I don't remember what they did. There was like something, something to do with their hands. It wasn't like anything super big and like noticeable. It was just kind of like a little, okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We totally should do something like that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Just like a, let's think about this for a second. If we tried to, like, go ghost hunting and, like, record it, would we end up looking like doofuses, like the ghost facers? Yes. (laughs) I think we would. I think we'd have slightly more knowledge. Listen. About how to deal with these. Do you want to? No. Okay. (laughs) I was like, because I am so fucking down. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm saying, hypothetically, if this were to happen, would that we is, look as ridiculous? Yeah. Probably. We probably would. <laughs> It'd be great. I mean, but we'd just be ourselves, so... It, you Which just, is it, ridiculous. It would, just be, it would just be this how we act on this podcast. So are you saying we're ridiculous? I mean, we are. We are ridiculous. Yeah. Not in, like, a weird look. I think ghost facers are, like, oblivious ridiculous, where okay. we're kind of, like, just weird (laughs) (laughs) okay we're just kind of goofy yeah um yeah um and i still i just don't understand why so many people hate the ghost facers like i don't hate them i feel like they must be missing the point if they truly don't like them yeah they're they're missing the point or they just like if it probably doesn't, it's more, it's too much of a focus on them instead of Sam and Dean, and that's why they don't I like it. I love seeing know. Sam and Dean in this light from yeah. people who don't like them because mm-hmm. they're kind of mean to these ghost facers and they're making fun of them. Yeah. Of course they don't like I Sam mean, and Dean. I mean, it's going both directions, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I totally, um, yeah, I, I think, I like them. I don't think they're, I mean, I think they're completely ridiculous, but right. I also really like them. Yeah, same here. Like, their goofiness is what makes them endearing. Yeah, and hilarious. Yeah. 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 So, um, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, geez. I'm gonna go, okay, I got two. <laughs> At the beginning, when they're in their suits and their chairs talking, and, um, 
I think they say one of them says Ed says something about that's you know you're this is the scariest moment in history, <laughs> and Harry says in the history of your life, <laughs> and I just really like that part. I really yeah. like that. My other favorite part is when uh, we see Harry and Maggie making out. Yeah, <laughs> I just love it. I think it was perfect how how we are peeking at them through broken pieces on the wall and. <laughs> She's like, I'm scared. And Harry's like, it's going to be okay. And then they're like, let's stick tongues in each other's mouths. <laughs> I just like it. I just, I'm just yeah. so proud of her. Yeah. 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 What's your favorite moment? Um, I think one of my favorite moments is just the theme song. Because it's oh, so yeah. stupid that it's great. <laughs> it is great. Uh, it's incredibly great. I love it. We yeah. should learn it. So that we I can don't... just like sing it on command. <laughs> <laughs> I know, really, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. Let's see. Another one, I think it's hilarious when Sam gets his party hats put on him because he's just, like, so perturbed by the whole yeah. thing. He's just like, I'm in this stupid party hat. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I don't want to go to your birthday party. Yeah, it is pretty good. And then also my other favorite moment was when he's like, wow, you're strong. And then Dean just, like, flips him off. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, I love everybody. it when one of them calls Dean chisel chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Listen here, chisel chest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> I know. Like, that's not really a diss, okay? It's not. Like, and it's kind of funny because Dean just doesn't do anything. He's just kind of like, okay. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know if it was kind of like a, well, duh. Or if it was right. just kind of like. I don't know what, how to respond to this. So I'm just going to ignore it and act like it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does just ignore it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, our interesting facts from this episode. Uh, the lead members of the Ghost Facers are Harry Spangler and Ed Zedmore. Uh, they share the same name as fellow Ghostbusters Egon Spangler and Winston Zedmore. Yeah, oh, that was in the, the episode with them before. That was an interesting fact in their first episode. Oh, yeah. I yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, this episode and the Ghost Facers in particular are a parody of the show Ghost Hunters on sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched that show? I think I've seen it once or twice. Long yeah. time ago. Yeah, same. I didn't watch very much of that, but I have watched quite a bit of Ghost Adventures. Maybe uh, it was that that I that's, watched. That's on the Travel Channel, and it's that got prob- yeah, Zach he- Baggins. I don't know. He's yeah. the main guy, and I love this show so much. It's my favorite of all the ghost hunting shows. Yeah. Um, because they're always like, dude, did you see that, bro? <laughs> bro, I, I don't feel so good. Dude, <laughs> dude, bro. Dude, bro. bro. <laughs> yeah, it's all just a bunch of dudes and bros, and I just yeah. love it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And overly yeah. dramatic, and I love it. You would like Mountain Monsters, then. I'm sure I would. It's so stupid. It's like, okay, so... <laughs> it's basically about these, like, total rednecks that go out, like, romping through the woods in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and are, like, looking for, like, a Bigfoot or for, like, a Wendigo or different, you know, like... Yeah. You know, and they're just... It's just hours of them running through the woods going, I heard something! And then they go charging after it with their shotguns in their hands. Oh, you my know? God. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to shoot each other before you find whatever Yeah, you're yeah that for. sounds great. You know, but... Yeah, so it, it, it it's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, okay. When Harry first runs into Sam and Dean inside the Morton house, he asks if they are the same guys from Texas. Um, I'll bite in a more colorful manner. Uh, I'll be it. I'll bite. I'll bite. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired. That's fine. (laughs) I'll bite. Good grief. I didn't even catch that you said that. I didn't catch it until I, like, my eyes scanned over it again, and I was like, hold on, that wasn't right. (laughs) Um, The instance in which they are referring to is from Hell House, season one, episode 17. Um, Ironically, though, both Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki are native Texans. Yep. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Ed Zedmore mentions a writer's strike. This writer's strike really did happen between November 5th, 2007 and February 12th, 2008. Uh, because of this, majority of television shows had shorter seasons during this time, including Supernatural. In fact, a mere two episodes before Mystery Spot was actually intended to be the season finale. That's a weird sentence. But basically, mm-hmm. Mystery Spot was intended to be the season finale if the strike hadn't been resolved. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, That'd be a weird a weird one to end on. It would be a weird one, but also it wouldn't, like, totally not make sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but yeah, I think this episode, or this season only has, what, 16 episodes? Pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Instead of the normal, like, 20 to 23. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ed says, hey, Menudo left their dance bag behind. Um, he is referring to the popular 1970s slash 80s boy band from Puerto Rico that gave Ricky Martin his start. Yep. I didn't know that. That was a Ricky Martin thing. Mm-hmm. Um, towards the end of the episode, inside the Ghostfacer's garage, a poster reading Coven can be seen on the inside of the door. Um, Coven is the short film directed by Mark Borchart. Maybe. Yeah, we'll go with it. Um, whose production is depicted in the 1999 documentary American Movie, a cult favorite. I don't know that one. Never heard of it. But yeah. a lot of these, like, horror films and stuff I haven't heard of, so it's not... Yeah, yeah I don't know that surprising. one. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, the song's playing... The song playing as the ghost facer set up base camp in the Morton house is Hocus Pocus by Focus, which is from 1971. Um, John DeSantis plays the ghost Freeman Daggett. Um, this is the first of many roles he has had on Supernatural. He also portrays, um, the Gollum, season 8, episode 13, the Scarecrow, the Scarecrow, season 10, episode 5, and Moloch, Moloch, um, from season 12, episode 18. I don't remember who Moloch is. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I remember the other one, so not that one. I vaguely remember the first one, the second and third, I don't know. It's the, been a while, the though. The Scarecrow, I think that's from the episode Fan Fiction. There's a Scarecrow. Oh, yeah. That could, yeah, that could be it, for sure. I think that's what that one is. But. Yeah. Um... There's only two scarecrows in the season, or in the show, and one was in that first season. Yeah. And one's in fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. Uh, Early on, Ed and Harry get out of their car and do a lamely fake slow walk as cars zip by in the background. Uh, This is mocking the cheap production values of these amateurs. Uh, To make a slow mo hero walk, you have to record or film at three to four times the normal number of frames per second, then slow the playback to the normal 24 frames frames per second which gives you slow motion um high speed cameras are very costly that'd be interesting i wouldn't Mm -hmm. know that'd be way too complicated for me (laughs) 
my phone has slow-mo on it, so we'll just go with that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, they find boxes of meal combat individual... And Maggie asks if they are sea rations. In World War II, fresh foods cooked in a kitchen were A rations. Canned foods cooked in a kitchen were B rations. And canned foods that you took into the field were C rations. Um, in 1958, those C rations were replaced by canned meal combat individual. Um, all that canned stuff was cooked and could be eaten straight from the can. Uh, since 1980, we got pre-cooked MREs and Mylar bags. Hmm. I did not know any of that. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of sea rations before, but right. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there were also A rations and B rations. Yeah, no. I just have heard C. Yeah. Um, so this episode marks the first time that Sam and Dean actually use profanity. Uh, the reality TV show that the Ghost Facers make um, within the narrative of the episode is meant to be real life, uh, like a found footage film, and Sam and Dean are shown to regularly use profanity, which is bleeped by the ghost facers. Um, up until a later episode, this was the only instance in the show of, that had strong profanity either suggested or censored. Um, Supernatural is a primetime show on a family channel, and therefore any profanity stronger than bitch or ass is not allowed. Awesome. Um, however, it stands to reason, um, and both Jared and Jensen have mentioned this on multiple occasions, that Sam and Dean, if they were real, would be much more rough around the edges and would definitely swear. Oh, yeah. I feel sure. like at one of the last conventions that we went to, somebody asked them a question that kind of came up, and they're like, dude, they would totally swear, you know, like... Oh, I don't remember that. I, That's I, funny. It wasn't, like, a question, per se, but it kind of, like, came up within the question. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they would totally be like, you know, F this, F that, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I mean, would it would be. be. Yeah. Like, this... That would... That job would make anybody kind of rough around the edges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. It would not be something that, like, you could... It's not for the, the light or the faint of heart. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Our research from this episode um, is off of EntityMag.com, um, and it's called Leap Day Superstitions, What You Should and Shouldn't Do on February 29th. Oh, cool. Um... So it says, Leap Day occurs every four years on February 29th, with the next one coming up in 2020. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that either. That's exciting. That'll be close to the convention, too. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Not, uh, it'll be, not at the convention weekend or anything, but... Yeah, it'll be after, just when we're after the convention. Yeah. That's cool. Um, while the scientific significance of Leap Day is to keep the Gregorian calendar in line with the solar year, thus keeping the future predictable, cultures have different... Pers- Yes, cultures have different perspectives on the holiday. This definitely leads to some interesting Leap Day superstitions. Um, The Irish think Leap Day is good luck. In Ireland, February 29th, traditions play into Leap Day superstitions. It's believed that the day brings good luck. Um, Because of this, women are encouraged to propose to their boyfriends on Leap Day. Uh, The legend dates back to the 5th century when St. Brigid Brigid, Hmm. of Kildar... Kildare? I don't know. I don't know. Um, alleged, allegedly proposed to St. Patrick after convincing him to allow women to propose to their timid male suitors once every four years. Their timid male suitors. <laughs> okay. And I really like the ones that can't get the guts up, you gotta wait four years and yes. then you can just like figure it out. You know? Um, 
As legend has it, St. Patrick turned her down but gave her a silk gown as compensation. (laughs) I mean, I guess, whatever. (laughs) I don't want to marry you, but here's a pretty dress. I know. Like, well, yeah, here, take this as a consolation. Yeah. Um, The legend has been debunked by historians because St. Bridget of Kildare was only nine when St. Patrick died, making the tale highly unlikely. Yeah. (laughs) Nevertheless, the Irish still consider Leap Day lucky and keep the tradition of men proposing or keep the tradition of women proposing on February 29th alive. Hmm. Um, Other Europeans consider it bad luck, uh, the day, not the proposing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Such cases can be seen in Scotland, Greece, and Italy. In Scotland, the legend dates back to 1288 when Queen Margaret allegedly enacted a law allowing women to propose on Leap Day if they wore a red petticoat to warn her suitor of a proposal. Oh my god, she had to (laughs) warn him. That is hilarious. Just so you know. Um, This legend was also debunked because Queen Margaret was only five years old when the law was enacted. Okay. Um, In fact, historians have trouble finding any evidence that the law ever existed at all. Um, That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, whatever. (laughs) The Greeks also consider Leap Day and the entire year to be bad luck, specifically when it comes to marriage. Because of this, engaged couples will wait until Leap Year passes to say their vows. Um, Like the Greeks, in Italy, Leap Day superstitions advise against buying a house or a car and waiting until the next year to avoid bad luck. Oh, wow. Um, Multiple countries also consider having a child during Leap Year bad luck and say the child will be difficult to raise. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, there's also a spiritual significance to, to leap year. Um, when it comes to leap day superstitions, the spiritual community sees February 29th in a positive light. They believe the day is good for healing, learning, and love. Um, they also think it's a time to follow your soul's innermost desires and ambitions. Uh, this has to do with the numerology behind the date February 29th. Um, both the numbers 2 and 11, uh, 2 plus 9, have had, uh, these special meanings in the spiritual community. How are Leap Day and death related? Um, Among Leap Day superstitions, another common claim is that Leap Day brings more death. While they seem to be focusing on a perceived mystical aspect behind this claim, there is a legitimate scientific reason for more death. We add a day, meaning there are 24 more hours available for for people to kick the bucket. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Morbid, we know. Um, But this would definitely explain why people think Leap Year brings more death. Um, so whether you buy into the Leap Day superstitions or not, at least you'll have some fun facts to share with your friends in February 2020. Wow. That's funny. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, do, so do you think it's a lucky day or an unlucky day? Like, what would you be more inclined to I probably, just because I am an anxious person <laughs> i'm more inclined to believe that it's unlucky yeah 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 that seems to be the way my mind rolls <laughs> see i would i don't know i i mean i don't really think one way or the other but if i had to pick i would probably pick that it's more mm, probably more lucky than unlucky just because like to me, like, I've never had Leap Day have any bad connotations to it. I you never know? have like, either, but, like, now I'm going to. Yeah. Great. I don't know. Yeah. 
I, I would say, to me, I would probably think of it more as, like, a lucky day. Just because it's, like, an extra day. Oh, hey, look, we get an extra fun day or That's whatever, true. So. I like that. I don't know. So what was your idiot or ass butt moment? <laughs> so my ass butt moment was not me being an ass butt, but somebody else being an ass butt. Um, so I am looking for an apartment right now. And I found it was on a, an actual, like, app for apartment rentals and that okay. sort of stuff. So I'm like, okay, it's got, like, everything on here has got to be legit, right? Right, totally. You would think and so. Y- you would think. And so, you know, I'm emailing this person or, like, per, girl, boy, I don't know, you know, like, mm-hmm. undeterminate. I'm emailing this random person and... Like, okay, let me let me back up first. So on the app it says like you can hit a little button that says like contact the property or whatever. Yeah. And so it sends them an email for you through mm-hmm. the app saying like, Hey, I want more information or whatever and that's pretty much all it says. Um, and then it gives them your email so they can email you. Okay. And so, you know, this happens. I get this email back saying, like, okay, like, hey, here's what's going on. Here's all this different information and, like, that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay, cool. And so, you know, email again. And I'm like, okay, you know, what's this? And then get another email that's like, oh, here's more, like, how it would work. Because basically what this guy was saying was that he had gotten a job in the UK and he was going to be gone for six years. And he has – he, like – owns this apartment and he wants people to or he wants somebody to stay there to take care of it while he's gone basically mm-hmm. so the rent was super cheap because it's just like you know just watch my place for me and so they're going okay you know this could be legit it also couldn't maybe won't be but whatever we'll see you know yeah and so emailing back and forth and not really giving any information because I'm like I don't know but still trying to figure out like how this whole thing would work right yeah and so, and, you know, this guy, girl, whoever was like, oh, here's, like, the website for this, um, you know, company that I'm going through. Here's passport information. Like, sent me a picture of a passport. Like, the photo page with, like, the date of birth, name, all that sort of stuff on it. And yeah. I'm like, uh. Why are you sending you know, me this? Like, why are you sending me this, first of all? I mean, I was kind of like, okay, maybe it's just like, hey, this is legit. Like, yeah. here's my information or whatever. It was just kind of like, but still kind of weird. And I'm like, okay, you know. Um, and then, like, here's my work number, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, so we're emailing back and forth. And then the email changes. And okay. so it's the same beginning of the email, but the at and then whatever the domain is was different. And so I was like, okay. okay. And so I figured it was like the new work e- email maybe or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I look it up and um, I, you know, the first couple of Google entries are, oh, this, you know, kind of it didn't seem like a legit company but it was based out of Canada right okay and so I was like well but that doesn't make any sense because you say you're from here and then you're working in the UK so why would you have yeah Canada you know I was like "Mm," you know and so I was just like whatever and then I keep scrolling through Google to like see if there's anything else that comes up and it's like scam report scam report scam report and I'm like okay you know yeah and so I go and I click on a couple of them and it's the same exact email that I got word for word like I see you know other than like you know the amount for 
the rent or the address for the rent. But other than that, it was just, like, very much the same exact thing. And so I was like, okay. And me being a smart ass, (laughs) I was like, okay. You know, and so I, like, copy and paste these links for these different scam reports into an email. And I'm like, care to explain this? (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) I haven't heard back from them since. So I need to figure out, I'm going to report it. I don't know how to particularly. I've been kind of, well, I've been doing a whole bunch of other things at the same time, but it will get reported because it's like, okay, here's the thing. You got somebody who's, you know, it'd be one thing if it was just like a scam trying to get money out of somebody. Mm -hmm. But at this point, it could be like identity theft because you're sending random passport information. Like you're not going to send your own passport information out like that, especially with it's, you know, not legit. Like you're going to, you probably stole somebody else's passport or their passport information Yeah, and are sending it to whoever it is that you're trying to get money from. Right. And so like Mm -hmm. whoever this person is, is getting screwed, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, are you actually Michael whoever? No, probably not, you know. Yeah. Um, And then sent, I, I should look up the um, phone number too that they sent for, it was like, oh, here's my work number or whatever. If you need to get a hold of me, you can call this number. It's probably some sort of like toll line where you call it and it like charges your phone or something probably, like that or yeah. whatever. But yeah, and so that was my ass wet moment because I was like, great, I have a place. It'll be awesome. It'll be cheap. You know, like, we'll see. I mean, I've, I didn't have all my eggs in one basket because I'm like, this could totally be sketchy. You know, yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to move out, like, in into my own place soon and, like, doing mm-hmm. all this st- stuff. And I'm like, well, crap, you know, so right. start from square one. So whoever that is, is a total ass butt. And if you're listening to this, you will get reported. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. And I hope you get caught. Cause, that like, sucks. What a dick. I know. And, like, the thing is, is, like, I'm not worried so much for me. I'm just worried for other people that if they fall for it or, like, right. you know, you get somebody who is trying to find a cheap place and they don't really have any other options and so they're like here's the money so I can take this place and then their money's just gone. Right, exactly. You know, cuz that's what it would have been. Yeah. But I mean, I I was like I'm not giving you any more information other than like my phone number and a mailing address just yeah. in case. You know, like you can send me whatever spam mail you want, you know, but right. like uh, but yeah, so that was my ass butt moment. Jeez. And I wouldn't, like, it, it was interesting because I was like, I don't know. Like, the, the, it was pretty good as far as, like, kind of convincing, especially since they were sending, like, passport information. Right. But it was kind of one of those things in the back of my mind. I'm like, this could be legit because they're sending all this information. Also, this could be the sketchiest thing, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, It's tough yeah. to know. I'm yeah. so glad you found out before you lost any money. Oh, yeah. No, and I wouldn't have given any money until I was, like, going to see the place and then, yeah, you know, getting lease agreements and that sort of stuff right. like there would not have been any exchange of money and if that would have been a make it or break it for them then that's just like okay well that just solidifies that you're not right solic- solicifies solicifies i mean freudian sleep sleep <laughs> oh i need God. sleep oh no uh, but yeah so um yeah that's that's my ass butt moment for this week and I'm it's sorry the last, i don't even know little chunk of time here but Mm -hmm. um yeah so what is your idiot or aspect moment all right well we're recording this um it's just after the fourth of july a few days after Mm -hmm. and um i decided that 
Killian was going to stay up so he could watch the fireworks in our neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's the first time that he'll have been awake for fireworks. Yeah. Um, And Eric works nights now, so he wasn't, you know, home for this. So it was just me and Killian and my mom. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it finally got dark, and uh, we have some puppets, you know, those little things that you Mm -hmm. just throw on the ground and they they make a a little noise and spark. Mm -hmm. Well, he's been doing those, but he hasn't done them in the dark yet. So I was like... You know, let's save the rest of these for, to do in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, inside the little poppet box. There's two bags mm-hmm. of poppets and they're closed bags, mm-hmm. I thought, because the other ones oh, have been really? closed. So I'm standing in the kitchen. I'm barefoot. And I go I pull this bag out of the box and it's upside down and it's open. Oh, and so no. all the poppets fall onto the kitchen floor. Oh. And I just am shrieking because I'm just like, this is how I like lose a foot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just like, they're going to pop on my feet and burn me or whatever. I don't know. I don't think they're that powerful. But it just, it happened in like slow motion. They all just kept hitting the floor and popping because, you know, it's hard. Yeah. It's wood in the kitchen floor. Yeah. I mean, it's laminate, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Still, they're like, still... It's still a hard surface that they're popping on all yeah. around my body, and I'm just <laughs> screaming at the top of my ah! lungs. And Killian is just staring at me like, "What is happening?" Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and I just, I was just so convinced that I was going to lose a foot. I was just so scared. <laughs> so, anyways, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal, but I was pretty much an idiot. <laughs> And that so. sucks too, because then all those poppets are gone. I, know. I had a couple boxes, so it was okay. Oh, there was still yeah. there's still enough for him to do. And they're do. like four or five bucks a box. It's not like not they're... even. They're like a dollar, a oh, dollar really? fifty I, a box. Are, yeah. What am I thinking of? This, the black cats are very similar. There's like the oh, black no. cats that are poppets. There's like a couple different types of the poppets. Yeah, I have, I've only done the poppet brands. I didn't see any others. Yeah. But I got. I just got them at the grocery store. I wasn't at a fireworks stand. Yeah. So. But yeah, but he he really loved the fireworks. It was super cute. Yeah, we went out the first time. They were doing those big, huge, pretty ones in our neighborhood. There was like really? a, yeah, there was like three people right Is on our legal street. Here? It's legal in Kent, but not in Covington. Covington, it's legal on the Fourth of July. I checked. Huh. Yeah, but they were doing those big, huge, pretty ones. You know that they do at like lake shows. Then and yeah. three different groups of people right on our street here. Huh. We're doing it, and so it's loud. And Killian, oh, yeah. Killian does not like loud noises. Like yeah. he doesn't like, like public toilet flushes are too loud for him. Those are pretty loud. They are. Though, or like the real. air dryers in there. Mm-hmm. That was upset him. So I thought, yeah. you know, he's gonna see this and it's gonna be cool, but it's gonna be too loud. Yeah. And the first, we were out there for five minutes and it was too loud. And mm-hmm. he was kind of grumpy, like, I no, can't I'm do done. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he wanted to go out again and like 20 minutes later. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing. He was like, this is cool. This is cool. This is too loud. Yeah. And then we went out again and it was, maybe it was just because it was like 10 at night at this point. Mm-hmm. He's screaming, up, jumping up and down. This is so awesome. <laughs> He's delirious. <laughs> yeah. <that> <laughs> I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> so at least it turned out to be a good night for him. So. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, one of the scariest firework stories that I have, like that I've seen, it freaked me out. So this was when I was a kid. We used to live over by the Muckleshoot Casino. Oh, yeah. Um, And so you could buy whatever you want there and set it off wherever you want because you're on the reservation. Like you can do anything. Um, And the neighbors across the street and kind of like over a little bit had 
they were setting off a bunch of fireworks and they had the little fountain things and all sorts of different stuff. And they mm-hmm. had a few of the big ones. Yeah. Um, and I just remember, like, I was kind of, like, watching out my bedroom window. I was supposed to be in bed, but I wasn't. I was watching the fireworks instead. And yeah. So every time I heard my parents come, like, starting to come down the hallway, I'd, like, run back into bed. Right. That's <laughs> but cute. this one, um, they lit it, but it didn't go up. It just went out. Oh, like, my God. You know, because they're suppo- those big ones are supposed to go way up in the air, you know, explode, go everywhere, and yeah. then be done. It didn't, though. It, like... It just, they waited for a little bit, and they lit it, and they're kind of like, what? And then all of a sudden, it just goes, boom, and, like, spreads out and, like, Ugh. covered a good chunk of the block, you know? That's crazy. And I'm sitting there going, everything's going to catch on fire. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, I shouldn't have stayed awake. You know? Oh, like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't want to know if I'm going to die. You know? Yeah, that's so scary. But, yeah, it, so that was, that was a little bit terrifying. It was pink, mm-hmm. so it was pretty. And nothing caught on fire. Oh, thank God. But I remember the neighbors, like, across the street that were doing all these fireworks were just scrambled. You know, they all just, like, ran backwards as fast as they could. Because, like, ow. You know? I don't think anybody got hit. Or at least I didn't, like, hear about it later if they did. Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. That was was a little sketchy. The one thing I did like about living there... um, On, like, New Year's, 4th of July, like, fireworks sort of holidays um was that we could sit on our back deck and just watch the show from the casino yeah and they would i mean long shows big cool fireworks and everything Mm -hmm. and we just go outside on the back deck you know bring our food and drinks or whatever watch the show and then go back inside you know yeah that's perfect (laughs) so you didn't have to like that's how i want to do it yeah Yeah. you didn't have to like buy anything if you didn't want to you could and you could set off whatever you wanted to but most Mm -hmm. people would you just see the neighbors all lined up on their back decks just watching them yeah i love it sometimes you go over to the other neighbor's house and like eat food together and then like okay going home you know but yeah that sounds nice that sounds good i like that well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a Supernatural Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.